Yo, what's going on, Train Hard Live Strong family? This is your host, Coach Matt, owner of Athletic Beings Training and Apparel. Now check it out, y'all. Today, in this amazing episode, we are going to get inside the mind and behind the scenes of a self-made four-time fitness cover model, business owner, and mother. Now this episode is truly amazing because this took a long journey. And with a journey comes a lot of obstacles, mindset obstacles, uh, life setbacks. So how do you keep pushing forward, right? How do you keep overcoming these speed bumps that life throws at you, these curveballs that life throws at you? And how do you continue to push forward, especially in a health and fitness journey? Imagine losing yourself in competing and losing yourself in, in pushing and striving so hard for your body to change the way you want it to change. But then you do more damage than good. How how do you get back to being healthy? How do you achieve the goals that you want to achieve and then help tons of other people do the same? Now today in this episode, you're about to get amazing value and knowledge from our amazing guest speaker and owner of ADO Fitness. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's dive in this episode. Hey everyone, Coach Matt here, and you're listening to the Train Hard Live Strong Podcast, where we bring on the top fitness pros, top fitness influencers, motivational speakers, and people who have gone through dramatic transformations, and we're all here to inspire you to believe in yourself. If you have not yet, go ahead and check out our website, trainhardlivestrong.com. You can see all the new upcoming guest speakers and all the amazing things coming your way. Welcome to another life-changing episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode on the Train Hard Live Strong podcast. This is your host, Coach Matt, and we have another amazing guest speaker today, a four-time fitness cover model, uh, business owner, and a mother. Truly amazing on what she's accomplished so far, how driven she is in her field, and what she wants to accomplish, and how the steps that she took, and, and just the dreams and passion that she has for what she does is truly amazing. So without further ado, everyone, let's welcome Miss Amber Dawn. Hey, Amber. Hi. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, thank you. So it's so cool that we're both in Texas. Yeah, I know, we just figured that out. Yeah, so awesome. <laughs> and over, right now over there, it's, 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 hot, it's hot right now, or a little bit hotter. Yeah, this week's really nice. It's really hot, so I'm liking mm. it, though. We moved That's from South Dakota, so I'm like, oh, I'm like, give me the sun. <laughs> uh, and you, but you were, were you born in Texas? No, um, I was actually born in Alaska, and then I moved to Oregon when I was about eight. Um, mm-hmm. I lived there for a long time. I went to college there, graduated from the University of Oregon, and then I met my husband who lived in South Dakota, and I ended up moving to South Dakota about seven years ago um and then we moved to texas just in january so i've kind of been all over the country yeah that's crazy i I was in alaska for four years because uh i think i told you but i was stationed over there so that's crazy yeah that's so awesome okay so for everyone who doesn't know who you are or our current listeners our future listeners you know real quick could you give like a nice little background about you know how you got to where you are now sure yeah so i started um competitive bodybuilding in 2010, I did my first show. Um, and that's kind of what like propelled me into the fitness industry. I did really well. I won the overall of my first show. Um, and then I decided to pursue competing at a higher level. So I was one of those girls that was after my pro card and I paid that dream for three years up until 2013. Um, I started my own business around the end of 2012 um, and I ended up moving that online in 2013. Uh, my training business, and that's ADO Fitness. Um, and then from there, that business kind of just grew, and then we introduced physical products with resistance bands. Um, and that's my business now that's called ADO Bands. So that kind of is a separate entity now, um, and it's all resistance band based. So I have that as well. And then just this last January, I launched Protea Nutrition, which is a supplement company. So those are the three businesses that I'm currently running. Nice. Um, I no longer compete, but I still am very much in the fitness industry, um, you know, in multiple ways. And like you said, I've 
been on the cover of four um, national fitness magazines. I've done tons of different, um, you know, interviews with magazines and been in layouts over the years. Um, and I'm an author. I wrote a cookbook with a girlfriend that was published. Uh, Barnes and Noble carries that now. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of have my hands in a lot of different things, along with being a mom and a wife and and all that. So. Nice. So you, as soon as you, so everything first began with, with the competition. Is that like the first thing you did or did you grow up very athletic or? Um, I did grow up athletic. I was involved in tons of sports. Um, I had two older brothers, so I was, I was very much a tomboy growing up. Um, I played soccer, basketball, volleyball. I pretty much played them all. So yeah, I was very much athletic and into sports, very competitive by nature. Um, and so I, I do think that's part of what drove me into the fitness industry because when I graduated from college, I was kind of lost in terms of like, what do I do with all this time? You know, you're not in school, you don't have homework. And I was, I was really looking for something that I could like invest in myself that was outside of like partying and drinking because I could tell that was like a dead end path. <laughs> um, and my brother was actually already competing and doing bodybuilding. And so he's the one who was like, hey, you really should get into, you know, bikini bodybuilding. And he's the one who pushed me to finally do my first show. So that's kind of how it started. And then I was hooked once I won that show. It was kind of like, okay, here's something I can be competitive at again and something I can like put time and effort into that's, you know, at the time healthy. It became unhealthy, but... Right. In the beginning, it was, you know, much healthier than I was living before. And so I was just hooked after that. Okay, nice. And you yeah. did you did bikini, right? Or figure? Yeah, I did bikini. So um, I actually competed the second year bikini was even a thing. So it was like very new in terms of the divisions. And nice. Um, and so people, we, we really didn't know like what to expect. Like the posing criteria was just kind of like, my brother's just like, just go up there and do something. <laughs> so yeah, very different when I started. Um, but it was it was new and the division fit me so perfectly because I had a background in pageants. Um, and it wasn't I did not have enough muscle to do figure. So for me it like ended up landing in my lap at the perfect time just because where my body was and I didn't have much mature muscle mass or anything like that. So mm -hmm. it, it worked out really good for me. Okay, nice. And this was before like any uh, ADO anything? Yeah, so um, this was before I created my own business, any of that. I was, uh, I graduated from college with a degree in economics and finance. So I was uh, looking to kind of get into that realm of things. And I was waitressing at restaurants and bartending, but also working for a wealth management company. So that's kind of the direction that I thought my career was going to go. Mm -hmm. um, and I quickly learned that that did not make me happy. So, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's crazy. And then everything. So, obviously, you just said right now you had three jobs. Three. I've had three jobs. Yeah. Like during that time, you had, you had three different jobs. Yeah. I've always worked a lot of jobs. So, growing up, um, you know, we, I didn't grow up wealthy or with a lot of money, or um, you know, my parents were like, oh, if you want something, you need to work for it. So, um, I, I've always had jobs my whole life. I mean, since I could work at the age of 16, I've been working. Um, and there were multiple times where I did have a lot of different jobs, just like retail and bartending. And, um, I worked at coffee shops and <laughs> I've, I've done it all. Worked in mortgages, worked in finance. So yeah, I've kind of had a lot of experience in the workforce. Nice. You think all that experience, you know, starting at 16, working, stuff like that, you think that has made it to where you could be super disciplined whenever you were competing? Um, I, I think it has a lot to do with it, yeah. I think, um, you know, it definitely made it more challenging because my time, you know, I had to figure out time management because I wasn't somebody who had the luxury of not working or walk, working minimal hours. So, um, but you know, I learned quickly that when I'm under pressure, I do better. So if my time constraint is minimized, you know, yeah. um, I tend to get things done and be more productive because I have to. So, right. um, staying busy, I guess was something that was just ingrained in me at a young age. And, um, I really had to figure out time management. So when it came to competing and all that, it was like, I, I couldn't make excuses. I just had to figure out the time to get my workouts in and the time to prep my food um, because I did work so much. So that, yeah, definitely a big part in that. 
Wow. So you kind of grew up fast. I grew up very fast. Yeah. I actually moved out when I was 16. Um, nice. I had a house when I was 18. There you go. And so, yeah, I grew up very, very fast. Uh, sometimes, you know, I looked back and was like, gosh, I wish I could have lived more of my, my teen years and my 20s, like being a little more carefree because yeah. college for me was like a lot of responsibility. I had a mortgage, I had a house, I had roommates, I had, you know, I had a lot of things that most people my age don't have to take care of while they're in school. So um, in some ways I'm like, gosh, it would have been nice to be a little more carefree, but in other ways I learned so much so young. And so I, I do think that kind of is why I'm in the position I'm in today. Yeah, see, all the hard work, you know, pays off now because now you get to, obviously you probably still like to be busy, but now you get to have a little bit maybe more luxury, especially since you have a kid. Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, um, I've taken the right steps to kind of free up some more time and, um, I've put together residual income models so that, you know, it doesn't involve my physical time anymore, um, which is really nice. Okay. So whenever you had like, well, you probably still have busy schedules, but back then whenever you were super busy and you were competing, did, did it, so whenever you work out, you work, you know, you're training and you work on yourself, you know, you're kind of clearing your mind, you're kind of feeling better, you know, did, did that help you kind of, um, go through the other things you had in, in your day a little bit better? Yeah. Um, I think competing, I mean, once you've done it, anybody out there who's been through a competition prep, it really does change you. And it teaches you that like self-discipline kind of can, um, you know, pay off in every aspect of your life, not just with health and fitness, but, you know, self-discipline with your work, with your goals, um, outside of health and fitness even. So I definitely think um, tapping into that part of your willpower is huge in terms of success in every avenue. Right. And how many shows did you do? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. How many did I do? I would say I did. I'd have to count them again. Um, we'll just guess. We'll just guess. <laughs> Say seven. Wow. Yeah, if not more, but okay. it was under 10. Um, but yeah, I mean, I moved up the ladder pretty quick. So I was competing at the national level within, you know, a year and a half from when I started. And um, and then I burnt out really quick. So, <laughs> yeah, right. It happens. Definitely yeah. happens. Right. So these shows were in a span of like how many years? Four years? Three years? years so yeah 2010 i started um and 2013 was my last show so wow so you yeah. were you were prepping uh, basically it seems like the entire three years yeah i mean i was i i was it became very unhealthy for me so um the second year i was competing i wasn't using my brother as my coach anymore and mm. i ended up with a coach who didn't didn't really understand how to get someone lean other than starve them and make them do a ton of cardio. Right. And, you know, being new to it myself, I didn't really know any better. I didn't question it. And I kind of just was like, okay, this is what I have to do. And this is what she's doing. And she's getting, you know, great results. And so I went along with it. And that just like messed me up so bad mentally and physically. I mean, I started binge eating and, um, rebounding after every show and so you know it was like i'd get so lean and then within a matter of two weeks it's like i gained 15 pounds and then i have to work to get it off and so yeah. it became very unhealthy um and that's ultimately what led me to be like i this isn't working this is not good for me right so towards the end of you know the the end of your uh, i guess competition days like whenever you're like you know what i'm i'm kind of done with this like this is i'm burnt out did um when did you start seeing like a lot of health um, effects? Um, I would say before I was done competing, I was, I mean, I knew mentally I was battling demons because I, right. you know, I was binge eating in my car and like hiding out to eat. That's food. crazy. Like, yeah. And I was like, this is not normal behavior, you know? Um, and so I knew that mentally I was struggling, but um, physically, I would say like my last two shows, I just felt sick. Like I was like, I'm not a healthy person. And I, mm -hmm. I was so lean and just, you know, I was competing at Nashville. So I had all this pressure on my back. And yeah. um, back then, I don't even know if they do bikini rankings anymore, but back then they did like these national rankings where it was like the top competitors going to nationals. They would come out with a ranking system, and I was ranked at number one to go pro. And so I felt like I had all these this pressure on my back and people watching me. 
Um, and so it just, it was a lot. And I, I knew I was sick. Like I knew that my body wasn't doing well. Um, I right. was eating and I was just, it wasn't good. So um, it was pretty obvious that, you know, things needed to change uh, uh -huh. or I was going to be in some serious trouble. Wow. And then did you, uh, did you get, end up getting your pro card or did you go pro? I, I did not actually. I took second place at junior nationals, which is funny because I, it was either the following year or the um, two years post when I did that show. They changed it so that the first and second place both got pro cards. So if I would have competed one of those years and gotten second, I would have went pro, but oh. when I was doing it, they weren't giving second place pro cards. So I was this close, but um, I, I did not get it. And that's okay. Cause it honestly, at the end of the day, I'm in a great position and it did not matter. Although at the time I thought it did. <laughs> right, right. Cause you're so focused, you know, but your health is, is important. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. That's, that's, that's nuts. I, it's crazy. Cause I've seen, um, you know, I've, I've worked with competitors and, and I've talked to a lot of coaches and, and even athletes that have, you know, competed before, just like you. And a lot of them have these stories where it's like, yeah, like my health was like this, or I wasn't able to, to, you know, like even think correctly or, or like some of them have, you know, like, you know, forgotten something that was supposed to be so simple. And, you know, especially females, they've lost like menstrual cycles, like all this stuff happens to, to your guys' health whenever you go and compete for these shows. And I think that's insane. Right. Yeah. I think females especially, um, you know, we're not meant to sustain such low body fats because we're meant to reproduce and you need some of that and you need a healthy menstrual, menstrual cycle. And um, that's something that I dealt with as I lost my menstrual cycle on and off for a few years. And uh, I knew that I wanted to have kids and that was a big priority to me. So I was like, I need to get this figured out quick because I'm not getting any younger. And Clearly, if I'm not, you know, cycling like a normal woman should, then there's something going on here. So um, that was a big factor in why I decided to take a step back. Now, I do want to say that um, although I went to those extremes and a lot of people do, um, it does not have to be that way. I, and that's kind of why I created my fitness company and why we do what we do now is because we want to teach people that like it doesn't have to go that far, even if you're a competitor. Um, but you have to know better before it happens because that's when you get stuck in that cycle and it's like you can't get out of it because you're like, I have to eat less and do more. And um, if you can get a good coach on your side and keeping your metabolism healthy through the entire process, it does not have to be that way. So, you know, I, I'm so happy for my clients and the clients that I've seen come out of our business who have competed and they have done it in a healthy way because I'm like, I wish that was me, but yes. I'm, I'm so glad that I get to use my experience to show people and teach people what not to do um, because it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's not like it's your, it's your health. You know, if you were, you know, were to gain 4% body fat, you know, you can get that off, you know, you can, you can, or if you want to gain 10 pounds of muscle, you can put that on. Like, but if you jeopardize or jeopardize your, your health or something happens to your health, like sometimes it's, it's a, it's a super hard recovery, but sometimes too, it's like maybe sometimes you can't recover from that. Right. And that's true. Yeah. I mean, depending on how many years you do that to yourself, mm -hmm. there's a point of no return where it's like, you're going to pay for a long time. Um, I was lucky in that I did decide to take a step back and kind of focus on my health when I did because I, I have fully recovered from it all, but I know that's not the case for everybody. Right. Exactly. So you, how long did it take for you to kind of, um, gain control of your body like you understand now about your body you understand what foods you know get you to look like this or make you feel like this you understand how much you need to work out sleep and all that stuff how long was that process to recovering to for you to understand more about yourself oh, um it was long but uh, part of that was because even when i stopped competing i was still doing a lot of fitness modeling i was still um you know i landed all of my big fitness covers after i stopped competing and so be, still being in that realm of the fitness industry, I still had that extreme mindset and mentality where it was like, oh my God, I'm going to be on the cover of this big magazine. I have to get like shredded. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's part of why my recovery took so long is because when I, you know, I'd, I'd have periods of downtime where I was like, okay, focus on your health, 
do whatever it takes to get your health back. But then I would always go back into a dieting cycle and that would kind of slow all my progress down because I really needed like an extended break from everything. Right. Um, and so that's kind of what was my pattern from 2014, 2015. Um, so I was focusing on my health and I was trying to get better, but it just wasn't possible until I had that extended break. And so that's why when I got pregnant in 2016, I was like, I have to take this time to just fully like be off and recover. Um, and that, that paid off big time. So I'm, nice. I'm happy that I did it, but yeah, it's, it's not a fast process. <laughs> right, right. Definitely not. So you, you kind of gained a little bit of uh, recovery or achieved most of your recovery before you got pregnant or was it after? during pregnancy and you know shortly before because okay. I knew that we were focused on conceiving and I needed to really focus on what I needed to do and whether that was sustained a body that was a little bit uncomfortable in a little heavier um and just eating a lot of food you know high quality food but maybe sure I was not restricting calories at all and just getting my mentality right around food, but also focusing on, you know, just being healthy, like yeah. at a cellular level, not just, you know, for this body that I wanted to achieve. So, um, you know, and then when I became pregnant, it, it got easier only because it's not like I threw in the towel with pregnancy, like I'm going to get big anyway, but it was more so like, I felt like I could breathe again where it was like, okay, I'm pregnant. I don't have any photo shoots. Like right. I can just like be me and not worry so much about like looking perfect and just, you know, think about my baby and, um, you know, make him a priority. And so that really helped take pressure off me and just focus on being a mom and, you know, something else other outside of myself. That's yes. I love that. That's awesome. And I always admire moms. I, I women who, women in general, like, what you guys do with, you know, the whole carrying a baby and then, you know, just all the hormonal changes that you have to go through, especially from people who were competing or they're athletes, you know, or whatever. Um, Cause it's a lot of mindset stuff, you know, a lot of hormonal changes are happening. And, and I, and I've always admired the fact that how women can, can give birth and, and hold a child and, and deal with all that, you know, themselves. Cause yeah, you might have support, but it's, it's at the end of the day, you're the one feeling everything, you know? <laughs> It's a lot, and I appreciate that because I think a lot of men tend to not understand fully. So uh, mm. thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, my uh, birthing and you know the whole postpartum and everything—it's a lot, but it's so worth it. It's yeah. So oh yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. now, now you have this little beautiful child of yours. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's so awesome. Yeah. Um, I like, I like what you said earlier about, um, and every time I explain like stuff, you know, obviously, and you too, because you obviously you're a coach and you've trained people, but like simplicity is really good. You know, whenever you simplify something for someone, they're like, oh, you know, I can do that. But I like what you said on, on feeding yourself and, and making yourself feel good on a cellular level, because that's so huge. And that's something that people don't like, um, I guess, go too deep in, because, you know, obviously it's like lose fat, build muscle, and that's it, you know, but when you go deeper and attack your body on a cellular level, then that's like you're dealing with your chemical reactions, your metabolism, you're dealing with these amazing things, you know, your hormonal levels, your menstrual cycle, you're dealing with all the reactions that happen in your brain, you know, and I love, I love how you said that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's so important. I feel like, and I used to say this all the time, like the fitness industry is not the health industry. And mm -hmm. it, it's unfortunate, but it's true. And, um, you know, people are just so focused on like, macronutrients macronutrients and i'm like what about the micronutrients like you know yes you can't just say like hit your macros and eat you know crap food from mcdonald's but you're hitting your macros it's like in the short term you might still be able to lose weight but what's going to happen in the long term your hormones are impacted your cellular health is impacted and that's what i think the fitness industry misses so much is everybody's so focused on the short term and it's a long-term game. Like if you want to really sustain a body that you're comfortable in and be healthy at the cellular level, you have to look in the long term. And so that's something that like my coaches and I really like try to emphasize with all of our clients is it's like, we don't want you to come to us and get shredded in eight weeks and then say, see you later. It's like, what does that <laughs> do for you? You know what I mean? Like you're not right. sustaining it if you don't learn something and um, we want to look out for your health so that you can stay balanced for the long term and stop this yo-yo dieting and stop this like 
extremes and being in this place of limbo all the time because mm -hmm. that's not a place to live and that's where I lived for a long time so um yeah sustainability is key but it's also you have to focus on the long term and that all comes back to you know your internal health and like we said cellular health Yes, and I, I like that. It's a good, great way to explain it. And for everyone who doesn't know, uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of people know what uh, you know calories are, macros, and stuff like that. But really, people don't really hear what micros are. So, like, real quick, could you explain, like, in your version, what micronutrients are? Yeah. So obviously, macronutrients are your proteins, carbs, and fats. Um, your micronutrients pretty much encompass everything else that food's made of. So, um, you know, potassium, the vitamins and minerals, the, the uh, fiber content, all of that is your micronutrients. So um, that's going to be extremely important. Sugar also would fall into a micronutrient. Mm -hmm. um, although it's a carbohydrate, it's still going to be broken up into a micro. So, um, you know, if you're not looking at like your your fiber intake and, you know, your what you're going to get from more whole foods, then you're really missing a big part of the health puzzle. Um, and so that's the problem with like people who track macros and they take it to an extreme and they're like, oh, I'm hitting my macronutrients. But then it's like, wait, but what do your micronutrients look like? You know, mm -hmm. what are you getting in terms of those? Because that really, honestly, at the end of the day, matters more for your long-term health. Yes, absolutely. And if you're, you know, focusing on all the things that you're eating and you're consuming a lot of food, you got to make sure that your gut is in check. You got to make sure your health and your gut is, is optimal. So the fiber is going to play a huge role in that, you know? So like pay attention to your, mi uh, your mic micros and it's really going to create that overall health experience that you're explaining. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. And that's something that I think everyone who comes out of an extreme background and then they learn flexible dieting through tracking macros. It's almost like I've seen this happen with myself and other people where it's like you, you're on a bro diet and all you're eating is chicken and broccoli. And then you realize <laughs> oh, there's this thing that called flexible dieting and it uh -huh. allows me to eat some Oreos and it allows me to, you know, fit in these foods and still get lean. Yeah. And I, a lot of people take that to an extreme and they're like, I can eat McDonald's and I can eat Oreos and I can eat this and that and that and still get lean. But again, maybe in the short term, but that's not going to last. So your right. health is going to be impacted. And so it's almost like you have to go through those extremes to kind of get back to balance. Um, and so, you know, I took advantage of it too when I learned flexible dieting. I was like, I can put ice cream and this and this and this. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, now I don't feel good. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I just started to kind of be like, okay, I really need to focus on healthy food. And maybe it is more of those grow foods, but those foods actually make me feel good. And, you know, finding that balance of whole foods, but then being able to, if you want to treat, not binge eat on it, it's really key. Yes. Did you learn majority of this, uh, you know, the nutrition aspect of micros? Um, before pregnancy, during pregnancy, or after pregnancy? Oh, long before. So, yeah. Okay, I, okay. I had been, uh, you know, in kind of working with diet plans and that sort of thing for a couple years prior to getting pregnant. Um, I will say, though, pregnancy, um, I did work with a naturopath because I was trying to make sure, like, I was in a, a good position, again, at the cellular level to conceive. And um, she was really pushing me to be more on a plant-based diet. And so I started cutting out animal proteins around prior to pregnancy, right prior, and then during, and then post having my son, I really started more of it for an ethical reason, but also health reasons. Um, I really started transitioning into a plant-based diet. So like I cut out dairy completely, and I, I was really minimizing my meat intake and Today, I wouldn't say I'm vegan because I I do eat eggs on occasion, but I'm very heavily plant-based. Like, I I can't tell you the last time I ate meat. So, um, and it's uh -huh. not something that, like, I, I put on my clients, like, you have to be a vegan and you have to be plant-based. Right. But it is something that um, ethically, morally, and how I feel, it's just something that, like, I've kind of transpired into, and that's where I'm at right now with my personal journey and dieting, I guess you could say, um, is I just eat a whole foods plant-based diet and that's what I feel best on. And that's, um, it's, it's almost became like easy and normal for me. That's just how I live now. Yeah. I like that. Cause I, you know, I always talk like you should always find what works for you. If someone wants to be on a plant-based diet, then Hey, be on a plant-based diet. If you feel amazing, then you feel amazing. If somebody else wants to be eating meat, 
then let them eat meat because they feel amazing. So it always work on your on what's unique to you. And that's huge. I like that. Whenever you, so after, so knowing all this stuff, right, all this stuff about nutrition and, and obviously you've competed. So you, you are really pretty aware of the body and how your body works, you specifically. So after you had your child, all this stuff that you've learned, did it play like a big role during the recovery process? Um, yeah, I think, you know, I took those those years off to stop tracking macros just because, like I said, I needed mean, the extended break from being so number oriented mentally. Mm -hmm. um, and so, although I don't track macros like on an app or, you know, write them down or anything like that, I think once you've done it for so long, you can yep. like look at a plate of food and just break it down. You're like, okay, hey, this sounds about this many grams of protein. And it's almost like it's just an automatic thing you do. It's not like, I don't even think about it, but I know kind of where I'm at each day. I'm like, okay, I've probably had this many grams of protein at the end of the day and that sort of thing. And it, it's not even something I think about consciously, but it's something that I'm just aware of. And I think I'll always be aware of it because of what I do in my past. Um, but it's also helped me a lot in terms of intuitively eating because I have that past education and background and I can, like I said, I can kind of just know where I'm at and my needs and that sort of thing. So it's definitely played a big part in my um, postpartum journey because um, I was able to not be so strict with my consumption and what I was eating. It because when you when you have a newborn, you get stuck under a baby sleeping for three hours and then you're yeah. starving and you know like you don't have the exact meal you want to eat right then and there. But in my head, I'm kind of like, okay, I know I haven't had much protein today, so I should probably grab something quick with protein. So that's kind of how it's played out for me. Instead of just being someone who doesn't have any type of education around nutrition, I've at least been able to make informed decisions on what I'm going to eat that's best for my body and for breastfeeding and supporting my child and um, what's going to you know, help me with the recovery process of getting my body back and all of that without it being so hard. Yes, exactly. And I, I'm glad you said everything you said. Whenever we try to, so I'm, I'm big on, and I've heard this before from many different people, but nutrition is obviously fuel and it's, it's medicine too, you know? And whenever you are, when you understand these things, like how you do, and you know that you're, you know, you, you're having your baby and you, you delivered your baby and now you got to recover from all this and you got to make sure that you're producing, you know, breast milk and all this stuff, right? You, whenever you eat food, you're thinking about those things. And that, that is a huge mindset switch that a lot of people kind of don't have because they eat because they're hungry, but you're feeding yourself because you're, you're fulfilling uh, the, your, your health. Right. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's definitely helped a lot. Um, and again, it's something that's so ingrained in me that like, mm -hmm. until you ask me, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I was kind of acting in that manner, but it's just how I live. It's not, it's not a thought, a second thought or anything like that. It's just, I'm programmed to live and think that way. And you know, I want to be the healthiest I can for my child and for myself. And um, so in that aspect, yes, it hundred percent affected the way I recovered and the amount of breast milk I was able to make and how long I was able to breastfeed and all of that. It definitely played a big part in all of that. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That's huge. That's good. Whenever, when, so whenever you competed and you did all the, uh, you know, magazine covers and stuff like that, did you have, uh, did you open up your business by then? Um, I, yeah, I was, I, let's see, I started my business at the end of 2012. I moved it online in 2013 okay. when I moved to South Dakota because I was physically, I'm so sorry about those things. I don't, I'm not going to it all. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it, it was, uh, my business had already been created, but um, I just, I uh, I started growing my business in 2014 um, with, in terms of bringing other people on to help me because okay. as an economics major, I knew that supply and demand had to kind of balance out and I had a lot of demand, but I was only one person. So I was like, mm. okay, I only have so much supply. Um, and so I started hiring trainers and coaches to work under me. Um, and that helped a lot in terms of when I had my child, you know, I had other people to lean on and I had an assistant and I, yeah. had, I had people to help me run my business. Okay. But I will say as, um, as a workaholic, um, <laughs> I literally, I, I was induced to have my child, which 
was a nightmare, but that's a whole other story. I did not want to be induced. Um, uh-huh. It was kind of forced on me. Um, but anyways, I will say um, I took that day off that I actually physically had him in the hospital, but I was <laughs> I was working in the hospital the next day. I crazy. bet you were. <laughs> terrible, terrible. I will never do it again. But oh. it was, yeah, so I, I hadn't slept in like three days. My labor was like... 32 hours and oh I was my goodness. like answering client emails and I'm like it was it was bad so I'm like okay <laughs> that's like dedication on a whole other level it, it, it's yeah I was like Katie you have a problem when you can't take time <laughs> you just had a kid like so um in that aspect with my next I will definitely be making sure that like all work is on hold <laughs> for me personally but mm-hmm. Yeah. That's funny. That's crazy. I never heard that before. That's insane. I know. I am insane. I know. I'm like, what are you thinking? <laughs> uh, so, okay. So in the beginning, I remember you saying that, you know, you're people who, you know, you've trained and they, they just feel healthy. And I, you've also, co- I know you don't coach girls to go compete, but girls that girls that you have coached have gone and competed on their own. Oh, no. We coach competitors. Oh, you I do? Oh, yeah. I've had Nice. So, okay, cool. Um, yeah, so I had a few actually go pro under me. Um, there you it's go. Kind of funny though, because uh, as a whole, my fitness business, I get not intentionally, but we've kind of gotten away from competitors. Again, not intentionally, we still right. take them. Right. Um, and it, we've kind of just gotten more into lifestyle coaching. Um, but from a business standpoint, there's a larger market for the everyday person than there is for competitors. Mm-hmm. And I also, I think there's been a shift from competition. Um, yes. you know, if somebody does do it, it's like a one-time thing and they're kind of like, eh, I don't like this. I don't need to do this. Um, and so it's not like a long lasting business model to really focus on competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, but we very much have and will coach competitors. I think we just attract more lifestyle clients because Every coach on my team was a former competitor, but none of us are currently competing. So okay. we just we just attract that market now. Got it. Got it. Is it what initially made you want to open up your your business? Was there something that you're like, ah, I need to fix this? Like, was there competitors that were always complaining about being unhealthy? Like, what made you first initially open your 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 business? Yeah. So um, it definitely was that mindset of like, there has to be a better way because. Okay. I was struggling so hard and I was like, I, I just not need to be this hard. And I knew that because my first prep with my brother was not hard. Like I, you know, it was, it was very easy and I won an overall, but then I had fallen into the hands of a poor coach and I went down this cycle and I was like, I know there's other people in this industry who are going through the same thing I am. Um, and I, I want to show people and teach other people like what not to do. And so that's really kind of why I started learning flexible dieting and other methods and trying to get my mentality right and balance my body back out um, is because I wanted to teach other people that it can be done in a better way. So that was kind of like the driving factor. Um, Prior to that, I was working in fitness. I was a personal trainer at my brother's gym, but also my ex-fiance who I was with at the time um, at his gym. And so I was was training people one-on-one. But when I... I moved into and transitioned into creating my own thing. It had a little bit to do with, I didn't want to work in an office setting anymore. I, I was working with a wealth manager, like I said, and I was like tired of being micromanaged and tired of being in an office when it was beautiful outside. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be outside. I want to be active. I want to be on my own schedule. And so that's really when I was like, I just need to do something for myself and figure it out and I quit that job which was so scary for me oh my gosh yeah and I moved into full-time personal training not having a clue if it was going to pay off and um you know here I am today and clearly it all paid off but at the time it was very scary to move into that realm right so you jumped out you jumped out of your comfort zone completely leaped out of it right yeah and you know and at first I didn't make you know the best money but once I started really working for myself and you know word of mouth spread and I started getting clients and then I was making more money than I had up until that point in my adult life um but you know once again I had to transition my business from physical to online and that was also scary because I had no idea 
how to make that process work and if it would work. And that was, that was scary, but I didn't really have a choice because I wanted to be with my husband who lived 2000 miles away. Right. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So okay. Nice. Well, that's good. So I've heard, we've talked to like a lot of competitors or prior competitors and, and coaches and stuff like that, you know, within competing for bikini or physique or whatnot. And some of them have also, you know, said just like you, how they were competing and they were completely unhealthy because they're eating like 700 calories a day or, you know, very low, very, uh, you know, health jeopardizing. But we've also talked to people who go on stage and they're at the lowest where they're eating 1500 calories and they feel great. They feel healthy and they look amazing. So it's, so it is true that you can go on stage and compete and obviously you're dehydrated and stuff like that, but you can be healthy. You don't have to be in an extreme caloric deficit, right? Right. Right. And that's, um, and you know, backing up on that, it's really, that's going to be dependent on the person's, background so like when I get somebody who's never competed before never dieted before coming to me you know like fresh with all of this I'm just like mm. thank you because it's like <laughs> you, are, you are not tainted you know what I mean like uh -huh. your metabolism hasn't been through any extremes like I can work with this I can make I can get you so healthy on stage because you don't have this past of damage um, mm. that we have to try to undo sort of thing so um, you know, I've had one of my former coaches, she's no longer with me only because she moved into a full-time position at a hospital and that was more the line of work she wanted to go, but was still very close and very much friends. Um, she started her first show with me and I, you know, I told her, I was like, you are so lucky because you are going to be so healthy through like your whole fitness career. And I'm so jealous. <laughs> and she, you know, and I was like, and I told her, you know, my experience and most of the other girls on our team, their experiences prior to being with us. Um, and she was like, I can't believe people do that. And I'm like, yeah, but that's, I know you have to, you have to not fall into one of those traps before it happens because once you're in it, like I said, it's so hard to get out of and it's so hard to undo that damage, especially if it's a long-term thing. And um, that's why I just try, I try to warn like the young girls who follow me. I'm like, please don't go on any extreme diets. Please like if oh, you're yeah. having you do these crazy things, run away. Like it is not <laughs> worth it. Um, but you know, you can't help everybody and some people have to learn on their own, but it's, mm -hmm. It's definitely something that I, I wish everyone knew that not every coach in this industry has their best intentions. So yep. uh, it's unfortunate, but it's the way it is. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is exactly. And a lot of us, you know, we, you know, we have to learn, we got to learn some more, you know, and, uh, you know, be, I guess, vulnerable and, and understand and put, I guess, put your pride away and, and, and absorb information from other coaches that, you know, know what they're doing so you can understand, you know, how this stuff works. And uh, I feel like, a lot of them too think that well okay it's it's simple being a caloric deficit they'll get shredded you know so then obviously they do that but in a, to an extreme measurement to where obviously it's like almost life-threatening mm -hmm. yeah definitely. that's scary yeah it, it's very scary and especially for women like you know if mm -hmm. you do want to have children and if you do want to this is you know 10 years down the road be comfortable with your body without doing these extremes like you have to take care of your hormones and your health and it's it's so unfortunate to see people who you know get into that cycle and then 10 years later they're still struggling because you're yeah. like uh it was so extreme and so bad and they just haven't been able to get out of that right that's nuts yeah it, it is and it is scary you know and uh and once someone understands what they what they what they need themselves, just like you have, and how you've helped a lot of people do the same thing, then you got power. You know, you understand, you got control over yourself. Right, right, and that, yeah, I feel lucky to be in that position today because, um, you know, I, I it's it's so easy for me to sustain abs year round now that mm -hmm. I almost like I've said this a few times, but I almost feel like a fraud in the fitness industry because before I like, I had to try so hard and now I'm like, gosh, this is so easy. I almost feel like people are like, Oh, you're just genetically made that way. And I'm like, no, uh -huh. we should have seen the work that it took for me to be where I'm at today. But you know, it's easy because I did put in that effort for those years and did recover internally and, um, you know, found a balance and a, a healthy way to live year round. And so, um, yeah, but, you know, it's been so many years now of me living in this healthy state that it's almost like you forget that it used to be so hard. Right. Yeah, you forget. Exactly. Yeah, because now it's like 
you know, obviously you learned from everything, but now it's, it's made you who you are today. So, and, and that's, that's awesome, you know? Uh, and that, that kind of leads me to, you know, this, what, what, what I want to ask you next is everything that you've done, okay, all the competitions and the recovery and having your child, opening up your business, all this stuff that you've done and all the ups and downs that your health has gone through and to finally going to where you are now, how has that made you feel as, as a person, as a woman? How has that made you feel? Um, definitely powerful. I mean, I, I feel like kind of like we talked about willpower or willpower transpiring into every aspect of your life through competing and what you learn in terms of like, I mean, dieting is not easy for anyone. So if you can get a control on your food and, you know, being hungry, then obviously you can control other aspects. But I think, um, in general, all the challenges I've been through, even as a child, like prior to competing and the hardships that I had growing up and, you know, living, you know, basically on welfare and being not having money and all of those experiences have definitely transpired into um, everything that I've created today and been able to do because, you know, I've, I've been through so much that I'm like, if I can get through that, then, you know, this one hurdle is nothing and I can take it in strides and really just know that, you know, it's not the end of the world. I've been through worse and um, this too shall pass. So yep. um, yeah, it's definitely made me a better person. Um, and, you know, I think, it's, it's a great trait that I have now that I can pass on to my son as he's growing and, um, you know, when he goes through his hardships and things seem like the end of the world and I can kind of now be like, mom can relate, but, you know, look at where we're at now and look at our family life and all that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, experience in life is definitely everything and it, it changes you and creates a better person and makes you grow. So I, I don't regret any of it, although a lot of times it was hard. I definitely think it was all worth it because of everything I've been able to accomplish. Good. I like that. I like that word you said too. Powerful. That is, it's a good, strong word to, to a character to create from everything you've learned. Right. Right. So for anyone listening right now that is kind of scared to, to maybe take a first step into changing their life, changing their body, changing their health, uh, or maybe they are right now and, and they're doing kind of everything wrong or they're really jeopardizing their health and they know it, but they continue to do it because they look good, but they don't feel good. What kind of words of advice would you coming from you would you give to them? Um, I think, you know, this is tough for me because, let me explain real quick. Um, people often ask me, they're like, well, would you went through those extremes, but now you know it can be easier and you can live this healthy life. And I'm like, I wouldn't undo those extremes only because I learned so much now that I can not only relate with clients, relate with people who've been there, but I can also... I learned from it and I can teach people what to do to get out of that. Um, and so if somebody's in that right now, that dark place, um, I used to call it food hell because it was literally food hell. Yes, yes. Um, you know, I do want them to know that like it does not have to be that way for sure. But I also want them to take their experience and know, you know, in the future that that experience could help them help somebody else. So, you know, hopefully they can strive to get out of that. And that's inspiring to so many other people because there are people who can relate and there are people who've been there and you're not the only one. Um, And I know when I first um, came out about my struggles with binge eating and my weight gain post show, I wrote a blog and I remember like overnight it had so many views, more views than any other thing I had written up to that point. And I was just so honest with everything. I was like, you know, listen, I, I might look like this great fitness achiever on the outside, but like I am so struggling and I'm binge eating and this is what you don't see behind the scenes and this is what I'm going through and it is so hard. And I think I was one of the first people, at least that I know of in the kind of like Instagram realm and fitness realm to really like put it out there that like, I'm not healthy and this, mm-hmm. this looks healthy from the outside and you guys are all inspired by me, but like I'm struggling so bad. But I remember the response I got and so many women were like, oh my God, I'm right there with you, or I've been there. And it was just, it was so comforting to me because I felt so abnormal at the time. Like I was like, why do I struggle so hard with this? But it was like, okay, I put it out there and I learned that, you know, we can all relate to each other and a lot of people have been there. Um, and it just, it made me feel so much better just knowing that I, I wasn't, there was nothing wrong with me, you know, because I, yes. I really thought that. I was like, there's must be something wrong with me. I can't control this, you know? Yeah, I like that. Embrace, embrace the 
what the, the hardships and break because you're going to learn so much from them, you know, uh, and, and whenever you come out of that, you're going to have all this experience to where you can relate to other people and help them. Right, right. And, and not to say that's like a good place to be in by any means, but, right. you know, obviously, you know, know that it does not have to be that way. It absolutely does not. Um, know that you, your metabolism, I, I, you know, I hear the, the term metabolic damage thrown around a lot. And mm-hmm. I always try to remind people, your metabolism is not damaged. It's simply adapted to the input you gave it. But I think telling people that like, they're not damaged, you are not damaged. Your metabolism actually saved your life by slowing mm-hmm. down because it doesn't want you to basically starve to death. Yes. Um, but knowing that it's not damaged means that there's hope for you to come out of that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's, I've never actually heard that, what you just said before. That, that is a great way to explain that portion of, of metabolic adaptation. That is a great way to put it. Right, right. And that's why I, I, I don't like the term metabolic damage because it, it scares people and they're like, I'm damaged. And I'm like, no, you are not damaged. Your metabolism simply adapted to the stimulus you gave it. Now you have to give it a different stimulus so that it adapts the other direction. And it is fixable, but your, metabol- your metabolism did what it was supposed to to save your life. Yeah. <laughs> it isn't damaged. It might be running slow, but unfortunately, that is due to an extreme diet. Um, and the good news is it's, it's undoable with the right tools and steps. Yeah. Awesome. Girl, everything, everything you've shared, everything you've explained is, is truly amazing. And you've even taught me some stuff. And that's awesome. <laughs> So for, for, any, for anyone listening right now who, uh, who wants to get a hold of you, maybe ask you some questions or, or you know, just get more involved with, with you, where's like the best place that they can find you at? Yeah, so um, my training website is ADO, it's my initials, so amber.org, um, dash fitness.com, so ADO-fitness.com. And um, that's where, you know, you can view our packages and pricing. So if you want to work with any of our coaches or myself um, you can send us an inquiry, inquiry there um, we also have our ADO bands website which is our all our resistance bands and that's just adobands.com tons of different programs you can utilize on there along with um, the physical products with resistance bands um, if you know you want to look me up on Instagram it's just at Mishka Don M-I-S-H-K-A Don um, that is my username and um, I also have Protea Nutrition, which you can get a hold of me there if you have any nutrition questions. That's proteanutrition.com. Um, so, yeah, a lot of different ways you can get a hold of me or utilize you know, my business models. Um, but I try to respond to all the emails, and I, I think I do a pretty good job. But um, anybody's more than welcome to contact me. Um, via one of my websites is probably best Instagram. My DMs tend to get too flooded and I don't see them all and I hate that. So, uh, but there's a big email button right on my Instagram as well. And that'll go directly to me. There you go. Nice. I love, and yes, you probably are very good at replying to emails if you were doing it whenever, whenever you're giving birth to your child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. So, so anyone listening right now, if you, uh, if you've really, you know, connected with, uh, with Amber and you're enjoying everything that she's explained and maybe you can relate to her or maybe, you know, someone that can relate to her right now, or maybe needs some help. Uh, all we ask you simply shout out this episode, you know, to Instagram story, Snapchat, you can even tag her if you would like to, so you can get her attention that way as well. Um, but you know how we do it, y'all. You just listen to another episode on the Train Hard, Live Strong podcast. I'm your host, Coach Matt, amazing guest speaker, Amber Dawn. And as usual, y'all, get out there, train hard. Live strong. There you go. All right, everyone. Bye. You just finished another amazing episode on the Train Hard Live Strong podcast. If you have grabbed any sort of value from this episode, all we ask is you simply share it out to your Instagram story, Snapchat, send it to your best friend. If you want to know when the next amazing episode or guest speakers are coming on the show, make sure to check out our website, trainhardlivestrong.com. And also, if you want to see the sickest apparel, go ahead and check out athleticbeings.com. We'll see you all in the next episode. Coach Matt, peace.